got a story, I've got a story, we've got a story. I'm Brad McEwen, and I'm here to tell that story. This is Beyond the Bank. While there were several things I thoroughly enjoyed about my years as a journalist, and believe me, there were many, there's nothing I cherished more than the wonderful people I was able to meet and interact with, many of whom I likely never would have crossed paths with were it not for my role as a reporter asking them questions. Be it a quote-unquote average Joe, a young professional, students of varying ages, or even high-profile businessmen and leaders, working for the local paper afforded me incredible opportunities to forge meaningful and lasting relationships that I still hold dear today. The list of area individuals I've been blessed to know is without a doubt long and varied, and while I would never attempt to list them all out, I can say with certainty that one such individual has long been on there. Since the first time I was tasked with filling in for a colleague covering a Doherty County School Board meeting for the Albany Herald and had to press the then finance director for some balance sheet information, I immediately took a shine to current Doherty County School System Superintendent Ken Dyer. Be it that first interview or the hundreds of subsequent interactions we've had over the years at meetings, seminars, community events, lunches, and beyond, Ken has always met me with his warm smile and made time for me, even if just to ask about my family despite the intense demands of his role leading our local school system. Across all of our interactions, Ken has always been direct, forthright, and honest, but perhaps more importantly, his passion and true affection for education and for the Albany community he calls home is palpable. Put simply, it only takes a few minutes hanging with Ken to plainly see how much he loves his mission of education and how deeply he cares for this community. Please welcome today's guest, Ken Dyer. Welcome, Ken. Thank you, Brad. It's good to be here. Oh, man, it's great to have you on. I'm so glad we finally got to uh, pull this thing off. Now, Ken, we were talking before we got started. We're going to try to cover a lot of ground today. Uh, But just for the benefit of those who may be listening, let's kind of hit the high points of, you know, your position and tell me a little bit of how long you've been our superintendent. Well, yeah, well, I've I've been superintendent of the Dota County School System. Uh, This is my sixth year. I started July 1st, uh, 2017. That's what I thought. And and if I remember correctly, Ken, I was still at the uh, Herald when I first met you, and I think I just filled in and had to cover a school board meeting. Am I correct in thinking that you were the director of finance prior to Yes, I was director of finance and then uh, became uh, associate superintendent and CFO. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. So how – all told, how many years now have you been with Doherty County School System? About 11 years. Okay. And now, forgive me for having to ask that, but that was just something I did not know <laughs> uh, prior to you coming in today. Now, I am interested in learning a little bit about your history, but most immediately, what were you doing prior to coming to the school system? Before coming to the school system, I was um, the deputy finance director for the city of Albany. Okay. And prior to that, I was the uh, CFO uh, for several uh, colleges and universities, uh, most notably Albany State University. I was the VP for finance there, uh, also at uh, Selma University in Alabama Mm -hmm. and um, Concordia College in Alabama and Wiley College in Texas. Good gracious. That's a lot of schools. (laughs) That's a lot of schools. But um, if I remember correctly, this area is home for you, correct? Yeah, well, I was born in Atlanta, okay. uh, and I stayed there all of six months. My mother and I moved 
to Harris County, Georgia and live with my grandparents. And I was there until the end of my eighth grade year when my mother got a job on Marine base here. Gotcha. And I started ninth grade in Albany. My first two years at Albany High School. Then we moved uh, to Westover Zone. And I finished my last two up at uh, Westover High School. Graduated in the class of 89. Class of 89. Okay, yes, well, you, you weren't that far ahead of me. <laughs> uh, and I'm a patriot as well. Okay, we're good. Uh, class of 95. So All you right. got a few years on me. Um, but it's it's Westover. That's it's right. a great place. So we're happy about that. Now, Ken, you, we've touched a little bit already on some of this stuff, but I'm really interested in, and I'm glad you brought that fact that you had done some finance work prior to being the director of finance for the school system, because I, I thought I had remembered that finance was sort of your thing. Talk to me a little bit about getting into the world of doing finances and kind of being in, uh, you know, accounting and uh, working toward being a CFO right. at colleges and universities. Where'd that come from? Well, it, um, I always uh, had a liking for finance. Uh, math was my favorite subject in school. And, and as that evolved into a desire to learn more about accounting and finance. And, uh, you know, a lot of times when people um, declare a major, they change their major two or three times or more oh, yeah. while they're in school. I never did. My major was always accounting. And uh, I had a president's scholarship to go to Albany State University okay. and uh, finished there in four years with a BS in accounting. And then I went on to get my, uh, my MBA. Uh, prior to that, I, I had an internship in my junior year with State Farm Insurance gotcha. and the accounting department in uh, Jacksonville, Florida, the regional office. And um, and I, I got a liking for accounting. Then I really got a taste for it in the real world. Mm -hmm. And I was made an offer, uh, but they wanted me to go to Bloomington. Hey. And it's kind of cold in Bloomington. Yes, and I'm, I'm from <laughs> South Georgia. <laughs> and uh, I really didn't want to do that. So I, uh, I declined that offer. Okay. And that's when I went back to get my, my MBA. And so uh, after that, the flood, of 94 hit mm -hmm. and I graduated in 93, the flood of 94 hit. And I was asked to come to Albany state to serve as the assistance, uh, to the vice president for fiscal affairs Gotcha, gotcha. and, uh, to head up the flood recovery effort. Uh, the, the finance side of it, it was a $148.6 million, uh, recovery effort that needed a person to come in and coordinate that. So they asked me to do that. And, uh, okay. that's where it started. And I went from there to, several promotions and eventually became the vice president for finance there. Okay. And then, uh, at Wiley college in Texas and then Concordia college in, um, uh, in Alabama. I gotcha. I gotcha. And you see, that kind of stuff's always fascinating to me because I've got to think like a lot of folks in my industry, you know, as you get into uh, accounting finance, you start to think of it from a, you know, more of a secular type place. And the fact that it could be, uh, beneficial to us personally to have those types of skills. Um, but then you end up kind of taking this turn into working in education, nonprofit and government. Um, talk to me a little bit about, you know, maybe how perspectives change during that time um, working in education in, at the college level. Yeah. Well, interestingly enough, I, I never really had a love for accounting. I never wanted to do accounting all day, every day. Uh, I didn't quite know exactly what I wanted to do, mm -hmm. uh, but I knew I wanted to do uh, some type of business or be uh, responsible for my, an organization. And I knew that no matter what I was doing, uh, what I was leading, 
I was going to need to know whether we were making money or losing money. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want anybody else to have to tell me that. I wanted to be able to know for myself. And so, uh, and you can tell a lot about the organization by looking at their financials. Absolutely. You can tell where their priorities are, where their weaknesses are. Sure. You can tell whether they're in good shape mm-hmm. or bad shape financially. So I wanted to be able to know that on my own. I'm with you. And so I never really had a desire to be a CPA or go into okay. public accounting. Um, and I always wanted to give back uh, and, and serve uh, other other people. And uh, so that's where education came in. Started at the uh, higher ed level mm-hmm. and um, really got a joy out of seeing kids who struggled uh, to graduate and walk across stage earning their degree. And uh, as uh, things went on, I had a job with the city. I was the deputy finance director yeah. for the city. And a uh, whole different world. Yeah, different world. I, I left uh, Concordia in Alabama. Uh, I was recruited to come to the city as the deputy finance director. And uh, although there's a great organization, mm-hmm. I really didn't get anything intrinsically out of uh, working with the city. I was in finance all day. Great people, love the people. Uh, but the reward I got from working with uh, higher ed, mm-hmm. it just really wasn't there. Gotcha. And uh, great organization. And I love the people. I still I'm sure. very close to a lot of the people that work there. But the, the school system called me uh, while I was with the city and asked me to be their finance director. They were having some troubles. You may remember mm-hmm. uh, they had some issues with their uh, Title One funding and some oh, other things. Yes. And uh, big news. Back yeah, in the day. yeah. And I, I came over. I guess I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> I came over. Uh, uh, Mr. Griffin, mm-hmm. uh, Milton Griffin. I saw him at a daddy daughter dance uh, and uh, he was with his grandkids and I was with my kids. And he said, uh, I said, how are things going, Mr. Griffin? He said, not too good. I was like, why? He said, we have the right man for the finance job, but he won't take it. And I was like, well, let me talk to him for you. <laughs> <laughs> Little did you know. <laughs> right. And uh, so, um, so I, 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 he talked to me and I talked to the end superintendent Murphy and, and he said he needed some help. And so I came over and, um, we got those things uh, straightened up, yep. and oh. and uh, we, we're in pretty good shape. And uh, during that time, Dr. Mosley came on board. He took the place of uh, Dr. Murphy, mm-hmm. and he promoted me to associate superintendent and uh, CFO. And he said, the day that he got appointed, he said, look, I don't know you, uh, but I read a lot about you, and I think you know what you're doing. He said, two things I want to ask. I'm going to ask uh, that you trust me. Until I give you a reason not to. Fair. And I hope I never give you a reason not to. And uh, I'm going to trust you until you give me a reason not to. Mm-hmm. He said, and I don't want a yes, man. I want you to tell me the truth, whether you think I'm going to like to hear it or not. Okay. And he said, uh, and we do that, we'll be okay. That sounds like Butch. Yeah. And from the time he said that until the time he passed away, uh, those are the things we live by. We told each other the truth, the good, the bad, or the ugly. And we always uh, were honest with each other sure. and never gave each other reason not to trust the other. And uh, that, that that worked well for us. That's pretty awesome. That's yeah. pretty awesome. Well, and, and having had the pleasure myself of uh, dealing with uh, Dr. Mosley a few times over the years, um, I knew him to be a you know, genuinely good guy. Um, what was it like for you to kind of get that sort of mentor angle from somebody that had such a great reputation? Yeah, uh, he had over 40 years in the school business, yeah. as he says. And uh, his, one of his best friends, Jack Willis, who's also a very dear friend of mine, he had more years in the school business than Dr. Mosley. As a matter of fact, uh, he was superintendent in Grady County and hired Dr. Mosley for his first principalship. Good gracious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, together, we had almost, almost 
had a hundred years of experience that I worked with on a daily basis for about three or four years. And so you couldn't ask for a better uh, training, uh, so to speak. And uh, so they, they share stories about how it was back in the day. And um, yeah, I shared with them things that were on the uh, leading edge of what we were doing today. Mm-hmm. Now they'd be the first to tell you, they didn't keep up with a lot of technology of and things of that nature. Uh, but some things about leadership transcends uh, generations. Absolutely. Uh, leadership is leadership. Amen. And so, uh, so, and at the time, Dr. Mosley came, that's what we needed. We needed a strong leadership. And he provided that. And so he meshed that with uh, those who kept up to date on the leading trends and, and needs in higher ed or in K through 12. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that worked well together. And, um, and it was, it was a great time working with, with, with Butch and, uh, and Jack. And I learned a lot from them. And, uh, one thing that I told him I wanted to do, if I was going to be responsible for allocating resources mm-hmm. for an organization, I need to know the core business of the organization. Absolutely. So I went to curriculum development workshops and, and, and instructional workshops so I could understand uh, from a teacher's perspective, from a principal's perspective, I'm with what you. their needs were. And so, uh, I think that helped me, uh, develop, uh, into a, a, a pretty good, uh, CFO. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, uh, and, and I think that laid the foundation, helped lay the foundation for, for where I am today. I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, I've got to think, um, taking the time to learn, to, to go through the curriculum things and to understand the core business, you know, at that point in time, I mean, that's pretty valuable, Ken. And not all, all, you know, CFO type folks are really interested in learning the bread and butter, the, the nuts and bolts of the day to day, cause they're in their world and, you know, I'm going to do my finance bit. Um, did, uh, did you know, or did you have a sense at that point in time that you were learning to, that you were on the path to be the next superintendent or was it just, I'm going to be as good at my job as I can be? Yeah. I, I want to be able to serve as best I could. And without knowing the core business of an organization, you really can't serve as well as you ought to be yep. able to serve. And, um, I had no idea. I was going to be a superintendent, had no desire, I thought, uh, to be the superintendent. My goal was to uh, give the new superintendent, after Dr. Mm-hmm. uh departed, to give the new superintendent six months to find a new CFO. And I was going to do something else. I turned down uh, a few job offers uh, while Dr. Mosley was here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, I, and I told him about all of them. And I said, hey, I'm going to interview because uh, I think the folks deserve my respect to go interview. Sure. And uh, I went to Wisconsin. One, once I went to Wisconsin, I remember it was Auburn State's uh, uh, homecoming weekend. And, uh, well, homecoming week, rather. And so I went there on a, on a Tuesday, came back on a Friday, and uh, then went to homecoming festivities. And Dr. Mosley was like, well, don't go. Just tell me what they're offering, and I'll match it. I said, you can't match it. <laughs> and uh, But I wanted to go. Uh, to give the folks the respect. Because I knew at one point, some point, I was going to get back into the private market. I thought I was in a way. And I wanted to keep my name out there. Absolutely. And uh, and so when I showed him the offer, he's like, no, we can't match that. He said, you're going to turn that down? I said, yeah. He said, you crazy. <laughs> and I said, we still have work to do. And uh, I'm going to make sure we finish the work. And so, uh, and I did. I turned it down and I didn't take another job, of course. And, uh, but when Dr. Mosley announced he was leaving, mm-hmm. you know, he, he uh, suffered with bladder cancer. Yep. And then his, his Miss June, his wife, uh, she had a mild stroke. And so he decided that he needed to uh, uh, take care of himself and help take care of Miss June. Absolutely. And so he made an announcement that he uh, was going to uh, leave his contract a year early. And uh, he made it a, 
the principal's meeting. I called the principal's meeting in the boardroom. And uh, it was two things that he, he mentioned. He said, you're going to hear uh, two rumors. One, they had a board member who had taken a job out of town and uh, she was going to be moving. She's going to have to get off the board. He said, that's not true. She is taking a job out of town, but she's going to commute. She's going to live in Albany still, so she'll still be on the board. He said, the next, re- the next rumor is that I'm going to retire a year early, and I'm uh, supporting Ken Dyer to be my successor. He said, that rumor is expletive true. <laughs> now, mind you, Brad, that's my first time hearing the part about him retiring. Oh, Lord. Yeah, I'm looking like... I'm sitting on the front row. Mm-hmm. I'm looking like, okay, uh, where did this come from? Yeah. So after the meeting, I talked to him. Hey, Butch. He said, yeah. I said, uh, why didn't you tell me about you retiring? He said, well, I really don't want to retire. He said, I need to retire. And I didn't want to say it but one time. And I said, okay, I can un- understand that. Why did you have to mention a part about me? Why didn't you talk to me about that first? He said, because I knew you were going to tell me not to. Mm-hmm. And I was going to do it anyway. And I didn't want to argue with you. I said, well, I'm still upset about it. He said, I've done it now. No sense in arguing. Let's go to lunch. <laughs> and so we went to lunch. <laughs> and uh, that's how that's how it happened. And uh, sounds about right. I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know if the board was going to consider that. And I still really didn't consider it. Uh, but out of me, I was a couple of board members asked me about it, and I told them I wasn't sure. I, was, I had to pray about it, and I did. And um, about two months after that, they made the announcement in the board meeting that they were not going to do a search. They were going to appoint me as superintendent. Again, I had not agreed to. I'm with you. And so I uh, <laughs> I went home and prayed about it, talked to my family about it, because this is a, a significant undertaking. Oh, yeah. And it takes just more than you. It takes your, your whole family that have to sacrifice. So I prayed about it. And and, uh, and I was reminded of something I told Butch when I turned down that job in Wisconsin. We still had work to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I knew we still had work to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and as uh, a former UGA coach said, I didn't need to finish the drill. Yeah. And so uh, that's why I'm here. I got you. I got you. Well, 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 Ken, having dealt with you a few times over the years, that that story doesn't surprise me at all, knowing you and Butch. Um, but I'm really glad it worked out that way. Now, But I do want to touch. I want to kind of stick to a point and I want to kind of hone in on this. You mentioned earlier, just when we were talking about, you know, school and career, you know, when, even when you didn't really know what you wanted to do, you knew you wanted to be of service. You needed you knew you wanted to be of value. You know, and you just got done telling me the story about, you know, you turned down a, a lucrative job because you felt like there was still work to be done, that the mission wasn't completed. Um, and then I've dealt with you over the years enough to know that you kind of approach that a lot of things in your life. Like, is it the right thing to do at this point in time? And I happen to be married to somebody who's kind of wired very similarly in that, you know, she, she turns jobs down because she still has a job to do. Um, where does that come from inside of you? This, this need to be of service. Well, um, when I grew up, I was grew up, uh, I grew up in Harris County, Georgia and in, in, um, in Albany, Dover County. And, uh, we, we didn't have a lot of, uh, money growing up and I wasn't poor. Uh, my mother worked hard. She worked every day. Uh, but I was on, either free or reduced lunch, most of my K through 12 career. Sure. And I had people to pour into me, uh, including my mother, of course, first and foremost. My, my grandfather was my, uh, my hero, quite frankly. Sixth grade education, had 10 kids. 
Uh, he retired uh, from uh, Fort Benning uh, as a custodian uh, working at the schools there. And um, and uh, my grandmother, uh, she had uh, several strokes uh, after she got a little older and uh, she never wanted to get put in a, a, uh, a home. Mm-hmm. So my grandfather retired so he could stay at home with my grandmother. Okay. And um, he uh, she passed away uh, with him holding her. Uh, and uh, and uh, so he was my hero. He, he I modeled my life after him and he always liked to give back, help other people. My grandmother as well. And, uh, and he used to tell me, Kenny boy, he said, uh, anybody can start a job. The measure of a man is whether he finishes a job. And so, uh, like I said, I have, I still have work to do before we finish and I can't leave, uh, until we're finished uh, because, uh, that would not be honoring my grandfather. I can appreciate that. I can totally appreciate that. Well, Ken, I also know from, again, from having been around you a little bit and had some conversations that you also are a fierce champion of Doherty County, Albany, Georgia, and the surrounding South Georgia area. Um, talk to me a little bit about what your position means to you because of the fact that it has such implications on the greater population. Yeah, well, you know, um, although I wasn't born here and, and my formative years were in uh, Harris County, I lived majority of my life in Albany, Doherty County. I consider this my home. And uh, when I became superintendent, I told uh, members of my executive staff uh, that this is a very serious job and a great opportunity and a um, great opportunity to make an impact mm-hmm. uh, on the lives of students. And I said, what we do or don't do in the Dota County School System is going to impact our students' lives for, for years, mm-hmm. uh, for, gener- for, for, for decades. And then I realized as I got uh, into the job a little more, and I, that was grossly understated. Uh, as goes Albany, so goes Southwest Georgia. Mm-hmm. So what we do in the Dota County School System is going to impact Southwest Georgia for generations. Yeah. Uh, businesses uh, come here, they leave here, they expand here or don't expand here, primarily based on one thing, and that's the talent pipeline. Yep. And we're responsible for developing the majority of the talent in that talent pipeline mm-hmm. in Albany and Doherty County. And, um, and people talk about, well, you know, you're talking about economic development. That's not really education. That's not what a superintendent is supposed to be talking about. Really, uh, we're saying the same thing. We just use different languages. We talk about preparing our students for opportunities. Mm-hmm. Those opportunities are opportunities to go into the job market, opportunities to become entrepreneurs. And those Things are linked. Absolutely. Education, workforce development, economic development are linked. And you can't you can't take those away. Can't. And uh so I see that uh as part of my calling to help prepare uh the next generation of leaders for whatever awaits them, mm-hmm. whether they want to go to a four-year college, uh, which is certainly a, a, a good pathway to success, or go uh to a technical college mm-hmm. or go directly into the workforce or offer themselves for service in, in the U.S. military. Mm-hmm. Uh, all those are noble endeavors, and uh, all of those can lead to success. Success is not uh, only one direction. And for too long, we've been uh, painting uh, the four-year college track mm-hmm. as the way to success. Sure. And that certainly is one way. Yep. But Brad, I'll tell you, if every high school student in Georgia graduated 
and went to college and graduated college with mm-hmm. a degree. Over half of them would have to get a job outside their major because yeah, there's not enough folks hiring for those types of positions. Correct. And most of them would have to get retrained to be employable. Yep. So uh, what we've done in the Dota County School System is certainly we're going to celebrate those students and push those students who want to go to a four-year degree uh, track. And that's great. But those that um, who don't see a four-year college in their future, they need to understand they can still have a great future. Absolutely. And so we're preparing them for those high-demand uh, career fields that require something less than a four-year degree. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's what I see. And we we, we planted the seed uh, when we first started. The pandemic kind of set us back a little bit. And then we're building our momentum up again. And I'm excited about the things that we're doing in the Dota County School System in terms of uh, career uh, preparation. Sure, sure. Well, and, and, and you know, like you say, things have kind of, you know, the pandemic set everybody back. So I don't, I think it's a fine time to revisit what some of those things are. You know, it wasn't that long ago. Um, I was out doing an interview with uh, Vincent Davis when he was the principal of Monroe and we were touring some of the new facilities out there and looking at, you know, some of the things that were doing happening at that school. Uh, and that was before we ever broke ground on 4C. So go ahead and tell uh, the listeners about some of those things that you would point to as successes along those lines. Yeah, well, we have a, a strategic plan. Uh, as a matter of fact, the day that we were going to present the strategic plan was March 13th, 2020, which was the same day that ended our, that was the end of our uh, in-person uh, instruction uh, for the 2020 school year, uh, ironically enough. But uh, the number one priority is early literacy. Uh, the number three priority is social and emotional wellness for our students. The number four priority is uh, our investment in human capital. The number five priority is family and community engagement. And I'll go back to number two. Number two is what you just spoke to, mm-hmm. providing a rigorous and relevant education for all students. And we've, for some time, we've talked about uh, the rigor, academic rigor, mm-hmm. uh, but we've left out uh, academic relevance. When I was in school, I did what my teacher said do because I knew if I brought a bad grade home, I was going to be in trouble. Yep. And yeah, I didn't want to be in trouble. So yep. whether I thought it was relevant or not, I did it. Mm-hmm. Kids nowadays are wired a little differently. If they don't see a connection between what they're doing in the classroom and what they see as a, a viable or successful future, they become disengaged. Sure. And if you can't keep a student engaged, then you can't really teach them. You're done. And so uh, so we've looked at not only academic rigor, but academic relevance in the form of work-based learning opportunities, uh, augmented reality, uh, things of that nature. And uh, you mentioned 4C, and we'll talk about that. Uh, we have uh, over 100 paid internships available through the Dorota County School System for our high school students. And we're going to increase that uh, with a grant we have with Georgia Power. That's $3 million over uh, four years. The majority of that is going to go uh, to provide for paid internships for our students. Heck yeah. uh, for those for those companies who would like to have an intern but can't afford to pay them. Now, and uh, people may ask, well, why not just let them do an unpaid internship? And that's great. But sometimes our students, our high school students are working to help make ends meet at home. Yep. Or if mama and dad or mama and dad are struggling, mm-hmm. um, uh, they don't have, they, they take care of the household bills, uh, but they don't have a lot for anything extra. Mm-hmm. So the students are working to have a little extra money in their pocket to yeah. do take care of the necessities that they have. And so uh, will they give up a, a part-time job that's not really relevant to the future? Uh to take an unpaid internship to help prepare them for the future. 
Uh, most of them right. are trying to get through the present. Right. Yep. And they they can't focus on the future that way. Absolutely. They're kids. Uh, right. right. And so, but if we can provide them with paid internship, they can have the extra money in their pocket or help out at home yep. and get experience that's going to help them Absolutely. in the future. And so that's what we're trying to do. And uh, we uh, we start out with P&G as our, number, as our first major uh, intern uh, provider. Uh, we work with, we work with Marine Base, um, Thresh Aircraft, uh, uh, several construction companies, uh, NEOs, uh, and I, I started calling that names. I, I'm going to get myself in trouble because you'll never first, get them. All. First, first of all, the list is too long. So I just want to we have we have several companies in the Albany and Doherty County area that are investing in our students by providing them with paid internships. Uh, several more. You save it. Uh, they do a great job. Uh, and uh, we're going to Phoebe Putney uh, is, is a great job. We have a program with the healthcare pathway that's going to be a model for the state of Georgia. Uh, and. Um, and so we're excited about those work-based learning opportunities for our students. They're going to help prepare them for their future. And the, the thing we had to do before we got all this done to make this really uh, a powerful tool, uh, we were uh, talking and lobbying and, and advocating for more than one graduation uh, pathway. The graduation pathway prior to uh, this year with the Dota County School System and statewide, actually, uh, Qualified you for entry into a four-year school, mm -hmm. whether you want to go to a four-year school or not. The courses you had to take yep. required uh, 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 qualified you for entry into a four-year school. Now, your GPA might not get you in, right. but the courses you have get these you courses, in, right, you're right. ready for college. And again, everybody's not going to a four-year school. And so if a student knows that, then those courses that are required for entry into a four-year school are not relevant. Nope. So what we've been able to do uh, through a lot of uh, hard work, lobbying, uh, collaboration, and quite frankly, a lot of cooperation from our, our uh, legislative partners mm -hmm. and, and the governor's office, we have officially uh, in Georgia uh, two pathways to graduation. One is a traditional pathway, uh, which is for college prep. And the other is for a career-focused pathway where you take an abbreviated set of high, traditional high school courses and then the rest of your courses you can take uh, at the technical college mm -hmm. and get two technical college certificates or one technical college diploma I'm with you. and you graduate with a high school diploma and your uh, technical college credentials. That's pretty solid. And the way we do it in the Dota County School System, your first two years will be uh, traditional high school courses and your technical college courses your third year will be all technical college courses, and your fourth year will be completely paid internship. Okay. And uh, and this is the first cohort uh, for that this year. We have 43 students who signed up for it, and uh, we're excited to see how that's going to uh, turn out. We're looking forward to great things from those students and from this program. Yeah, that's an awesome idea. Well, I mean, I can remember having conversations with friends of mine back when I was in high school about college prep versus Votech. And I remember talking to my parents and I, you know, here I am a couple of college degrees and I look back and there's a lot of times where I wish I had taken some uh, like auto shop and, and some more technical based stuff yeah. that would have been valuable to me. Right. I ask folks all the time, have you ever had to call an HVAC tech? Air conditioner take on the weekend, uh, in the summer, uh -huh. you'll pay whatever you have to pay. Whatever you got to pay. That's right. <laughs> I mean, somebody's got to 
somebody's got to be the trash man. Somebody's got to be the plumber. Somebody's got to be the guy who runs the electrical conduit through the skyscraper. That's right. You know, and the guy that knows how to do the circuitry to wire that thing up. That's technical. And, and, and welding. Yep. Uh, and welders are, uh, very, uh, much in demand right now. And you can be, you can make $80,000 a year being a welder. And, uh, might not be fancy. But it's needed. It's a good living. Yeah, it's a good living. Yeah. Good living. Yeah. Anyway, I can name several of those. Uh, we we had a uh, construction ready program through the Dakota County School mm-hmm. System and the College and Career Academy, where students who recently graduated went to a four year program, uh, uh, and they learned uh, skilled trades. They had one uh, credential certification in uh, CPR, and then seven related to the construction industry in four weeks, eight hours a day, five days a week for four weeks. And they all finished that program with those eight credentials, and all of them had job offers, with the highest job offer uh, being $35 an hour right out of high school. Well, about two months out of high school uh, with no degree. I've taken that. Just a credential. At that age. And uh, these students, maybe they may not have been A or B students, maybe C students. They struggled a little bit, but they were conscientious. They were hardworking. They were dedicated, and they wanted to make a difference. Yeah. Uh, and they wanted a better life for themselves. Sure. And so uh, and uh, I'm happy to say that we were able to help provide that. And so that four-week program, uh, we've, we talked about that uh, with the folks at the State Department of mm-hmm. Education. And we talked about why can't we do that while they're in school? Why do we have to wait till they graduate to give them that training? For real. And so uh, that was the uh, basis for our advocating and, and pushing for the uh, two pathways I got for high school graduation and it's coming to fruition. So we're happy about that. And uh, this awesome. is just the beginning. That's awesome, Ken. That's going to be huge in a community like Albany's. What we do in the Dorota County School System is going to impact Southwest Georgia for generations. And that's uh, generational. Yeah, absolutely. Man, that's awesome to hear. Well, now, you know, that's certainly one of success, but I know we've had some other successes, which we needed some after two years of dealing with the pandemic. Um, and, and I know that for as tough as those two years were, we learned a lot uh, that we can now put into play. But, you know, take a minute, Ken, for our listeners and just talk about some of the other things that you see at, that you would point to as being successes for uh, the school system in recent you know, months, years. Yeah, well, um, but we talked about our strategic plan. Our number one priority is early literacy. Uh, mm-hmm. Those students who read on grade level are uh, by third grade, a 40 percent more likely to graduate on time than those who don't. And uh, literacy rates in Dorothy County and southwest Georgia in general have kind of lagged behind. And so we started an early literacy initiative uh, last year. And uh, and uh, that's come along well. We've seen tremendous growth from our uh, students in K through two uh, with the goal to get them on grade level by grade three. Uh, and uh, we think in the next couple of years, we'll see uh, some, some tremendous progress in that area. Um, and so we're excited about that. Uh, our social emotional wellness component for our students, uh, you know, Behavioral health issues are uh, becoming increasingly more important mm-hmm. uh, and recognized throughout the country, not just in Georgia, certainly not just sure. in Dorothy County. And, uh, and then with the pandemic, uh, feelings of isolation and other uh, feelings uh, uh, became, began to overwhelm a lot of students. Oh, yeah. And so the need for social and emotional support, uh, behavioral health support is, uh, is greater now than it's ever been. And so we've uh, been very intentional about providing that support for our students because if they don't get that part right, we don't get that part right, they're not going to be able to focus sure. in, the, in the classroom. You no, know, 
in 2012, we started, uh, we opened our first school-based health center, uh, a medical center mm -hmm. in, inside the school because a lot of our students don't have personal care physicians, our primary care physicians rather. And, um, and, and we take some things for granted. And no, give me wrong, a lot of our students do, but we have a significant number Absolutely. of our students who don't. Uh, so, we, so now we have four school-based health centers. Mm -hmm. We have two school-based uh, dental centers, a school-based vision center, and a, and a school-based behavior health center. Uh, all aimed at providing uh, point of care services for our students while they're in school. So parents don't have to take off uh, uh, and sometimes lose pay yep. for, uh, to take their child to the, to the doctor or to the, to the dentist or to the, or to the optometrist. So we are able to do that. And that's just all part of our wraparound support services that we provide, not only for the physical health of our students, but also for the social and emotional uh, health of our students. Uh, and of course, our investment in human capital uh, Jim Collins says, um, uh, people are not your organization's greatest asset. The right people are. Mm -hmm. and so we've uh, been very intentional about investing in our human capital to find the right people, put them in the right positions to make an impact. Sure. And uh, finally, uh, on that piece, looking at all the pieces of our strategic plan, our family and community engagement. Uh, and a lot of times when people think about engagement with families, they talk about communications. And we send notices home. We let them know when we have an event. Uh, and that's part of engagement, but not all of engagement. Engagement means it's two-way communication. It means what can we do to assist? And, and, uh, and then when we get feedback, working with them to try to, sure. to, try to assist. Uh, and we have a lot of parents in the Dorota County School System who go to work every day. And they're working jobs that don't pay a living wage or don't provide benefits because they don't have a skill set that's in demand uh, for whatever reason. So we work with Albany Tech. Uh, and uh, looking at the chamber and, and the EDC with their workforce strategic plan, we saw some opportunities there. Uh, and so Albany Tech is, gonna, is offering evening courses now. We're going to, uh, beginning in January, we're going to launch uh, what we call a Level Up Initiative. It's aimed at uh, parents and adult relatives of our students who are looking for uh, a career change. And... Uh, and so we got Auburn Tech is going to provide them with uh, courses at night and on and uh, on the weekends perhaps uh, to get them the training that they need to be more marketable in the in in the job market. It's going to be similar to the one I just mentioned, uh, the Connected to Careers Initiative with students, but it's going to be more abbreviated. And and uh, those courses are going to go uh, no more than about uh, twelve weeks. I'm with you. And uh, and so and we intend to have the same type of uh, job fair at the end of that program where companies come in. And parents yeah. get job offers and they start work in a new career. It's providing them with a living wage, benefits, and so they can provide a more stable home environment for their families. Yeah. So we're excited about that. So, um, and some people say, that, is that the school system's responsibility? And I say, yes, it is. Because really, if you create a more stable home environment, a lot of the challenges that we have in the school system uh, stem back to poverty. Sure. And if we can address the poverty issue, a lot of the challenges that we have in the school system with hunger and homelessness, uh, they'll be minimized. And we can focus on uh, the reading, writing, and arithmetic, as we say, uh, the basics, and, and not have to provide those outside or wraparound services. Now, not that we complain about it, because we do it if we need to, but uh, the less time you spend doing that, the more time you can spend on actual instruction. And I think it'll provide uh, some of those social and emotional issues that students are having uh, will be lessened uh, with a more stable home environment. So we're excited about all those things working yeah. together. And uh, so those are things that we're really excited about on the horizon. Some things that we are excited about right now, uh, we just announced our graduation rate 
uh, for the 2022 school year. It's the highest in Dorothy County school system history. And uh, it's a past state average again. Uh, I think the fourth time in, in, uh, in five years, we surpassed the state average. So we are excited about that. Uh, and so graduation is just one step. The other piece is graduating with credentials uh, that uh, you need to be employable in the marketplace if you're not going to uh, a four-year school. I'm with you. And, um, and lastly, our, uh, I, I told you I started uh, at the school system as finance director. We were having some challenges financially. And uh, we had, I think we had six furlough days, and it was, it was pretty tough. Um, and right now I'm glad to say that we uh, uh, have just increased our starting teacher pay, uh, and we provided a retention uh, incentives, signing incentives, because finding because finding teachers is pretty hard right now, and uh, and not only teachers, bus drivers, custodians, all those positions are pretty hard. But we've been able to do that. We made investments in technology with new uh, iPads for grades K through eight and MacBook Air uh, for uh, high school uh, interactive uh, touch boards uh, in the classrooms. We were able to make all those investments, uh, increase. Uh, pay by employees, and we are still sitting on uh, a thirty-eight million dollar general fund reserve, which is the highest reserve we've had in the in the uh, school system history. So, uh, and we rolled the military back four out of the last five years. Uh, so uh, we are. Uh, I really want to thank our board for providing that vision and that and that leadership uh, to make some tough decisions early on with some good school closures and things of that nature mm-hmm. that weren't very popular. Yep. Uh, and uh, but. They saw the long-term vision, and they realized that we were putting resources into buildings that we didn't need to, that we could use those resources to make an impact. And so, and now you see the results of that, uh, those tough decisions. And uh, and there's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to raise your hand in the in the meeting and vote uh, when you get pressure from every direction. And uh, so, I want to thank them uh, for having the courage to do that, absolutely, uh, because they saw the need and they saw the vision uh, for the future. And, and and our students are benefiting from that right now. Heck yeah, that's awesome to hear. That's awesome to hear. Now you know, and again, board making tough decisions, people in leadership positions. But I got to think too. There's just been some, you know, has there been buy in across the the system as far as teachers and everybody kind of you know again. That's one of those things that something difficult like a pandemic will kind of test your metal. Do you feel like you're stronger? From that adversity? Yeah, uh, yeah, I do. I really do. Uh, now, complete buy-in. I don't think you'll have an organization the size of the Dakota County School System, 13,000 kids and their parents and 2,200 employees. You're not going to get 100% buy-in, I don't think, on anything. Nope. Uh, but uh, but for the most part, uh, we have a widespread, uh, we have widespread buy-in. Uh, people are uh, invested uh, in the community uh, and they're invested in the school system. And... Uh, we always talk about impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we do is going to impact children either, either negatively or positively. And we want to make sure our impact is going to be positive. And um, with the initiatives that we're pushing, uh, with the increased pay, of course, uh, they know that we're investing in them. But not only in increased pay, we also uh, have noticed nationwide teachers are overwhelmed. Educators are overwhelmed. Uh, there's a RAN company survey that said teachers are twice as likely uh, to have depression-like symptoms mm-hmm. and three times more likely uh, to have job-related stress than the generic employee. 
And uh, so what we did two years ago, we expanded our EAP program, our employee assistance program that provides counseling services free of charge to our employees. Uh, they used to have six sessions available per year. Now they have 15 because we know that even our employees have to uh, talk to someone sometimes. Oh, yeah. And, and to, uh, to, to relieve some of that stress and to talk through things. And uh, so we provide that at no charge to our employees. So I think they buy in to what we're doing. Uh, they buy into the hard work that we're asking them to do because they know we care about them more than just being uh, test scores uh, or a way to get test scores. We believe in them. We care about them and we show them that uh, uh, constantly. It's, it's um, I always say you have to take care of your people. Oh, absolutely. And uh, and and I believe that because they make the organization. The students, of course, they do. But students, they transition in and out. It's always going to be students. Yeah. And and but our employees, that's the constant. Yep. That's the constant, and we have to make sure they they uh, are are doing well uh, uh, socially, yep. emotionally, uh, physically. We try to do that. We have a, a, a not used enough, but we do have a. Uh, a wellness center for our employees that's free of charge. The old Auburn High School uh, field house. We renovated it, put new equipment in, and they get in uh, just by using the ID badge. And we have it staffed in the morning and in the evening for any employee that wants to go in and, and uh, work out. Yeah. So, uh, again, it's not used enough. And I speak from experience. <laughs> I didn't do a better job myself of doing that. But uh, it's available uh, for whatever they want to use it. So those are some of the small things that we do for our employees. And, and each month we have something. We call it DCSS Moments. Where we we have um, the first event is the, of the year is always the tailgate we have. Instead of having a back-to-school assembly, we have a back-to-school tailgate with barbecue and food vendors and games. Uh, a, good, a good way to start the year off. And then we have events every month uh, to just celebrate our employees with free admission to the football game with free concessions. Uh, we do that in basketball season. During the Christmas season, we have 12 days of giveaways where we do raffle, we, we pull oh, names. Cool. Uh, and so we, we always try to do something each month uh, just to let our employees know that uh, we're thinking about them and that we care about them. And just little things uh, make a difference. Well, you touched a little bit on this, and I'm glad that you did because I was going to ask you, um, you know, the one thing I always think about. And, and, you know, again, my view of things is always going to be a little skewed because I'm married to a school teacher. Um, And I think about, you know, I'm fortunate that I'm married to one of those types that, you know, she does this job because it's her passion. She loves to do it, but also knows it's hard. She comes home a lot of days sad, um, you know, because there's something she can't can't have the impact somewhere that she wants to have. Um, do you feel good about the pipeline of educators and employees that's coming down the road? Do you still feel like that's a viable career path for people who want to make a difference? It's a noble profession, uh, and it is a viable career path. Uh, but that's not the answer to your question. You asked, do I think, um, am I happy uh, mm-hmm. about the pipeline? Mm-hmm. I'm concerned about the pipeline. Okay. Uh, there are fewer uh, college students majoring in teacher education now uh, than 10 years ago. Uh, you see teachers leaving the profession at alarming rates yes. within the first five years. Yes. Uh, it's a hard job. Mm-hmm. The pandemic made it even harder. Yeah. Um, and with the new economy, uh, with being able to work from home, uh, being able to have these gig type jobs, mm-hmm. um, uh, it's a lot of competition for, for talent. Yeah. And I think the Georgia Chamber of Commerce calls it the war for talent. Uh, He's getting that way. Yeah. And uh, and 
and Gen Z, they don't like to be tied down a, a lot. Uh, this new generation of, of uh, leaders uh, coming up, uh, they like flexibility. Mm -hmm. And uh, being in the classroom five days a week for you know, seven, eight hours a day uh, is a little restricting. Now, don't get it. Don't get me wrong. And we have good benefits, good time off. You get a week oh, off yeah. for Thanksgiving. You get two weeks off for Christmas. Heck yeah. And you can get up to two months off in the summer. So if you just plan your travel around those oh, times, you, you can make it happen. That's, that's, that's what we're trying to convince them. Uh, and so, uh, but, but so it, it is a challenge. And uh, so we, we saw this coming several years ago and we, we have partnered with a company called Elevate K-12. They provide live stream instruction uh, uh, for students uh, using certified teachers. They may live in a different zip code, a different area code. Uh, you may have someone in Michigan teaching a, a course in a Dota County school system via live stream. Okay. Because the teacher shortage really is more uh, geographical than anything. Really? You may have uh, in a metro area, mm -hmm. uh, like in Atlanta, you probably, you know, can find a good group of teachers. Uh, in more rural areas, uh, you are sense. not trying to locate there. Kind of like physicians. Yeah, yeah, right. the, the hospitals, health systems are happening. Right. Yeah, young young people are just not trying to, a lot of them, not, unless they're from there, sure. they're not trying to go to rural areas. And Albany is not rural. We're not urban. We're somewhere in between. We're not uh, happy spot right, in the middle right. if we can just get some of these kids to see that. Yeah, yeah, they just, and so, um, so we've, looking, we've looked at the uh, live stream instruction. We, we're looking at uh, a para-teacher program. We have para-professionals who have social degrees or mm -hmm. four-year degrees. And so we're talking to them about, hey, why don't you take that next step and yeah. go and become a teacher? Uh -huh. They've already shown that they want to be in education. Uh, they've taken a, a, some steps toward uh, the degree or, or they have achieved the degree. And uh, so we're working with Albany State to have a para-teacher program where they can take courses, still work as a para, take courses at Albany State, and eventually become a teacher and then uh, provide them that support. Um, we uh, are working with our uh, college and career academy uh, for those students in teaching as a profession, right. that pathway. And so uh, their junior and senior years, they do paid internships at an elementary school, uh, at one of our elementary schools in the Dorota County School System. And so that we've been doing that for this going on the third year. And that's been a successful program. So uh, the next step is when they graduate, they go to college uh, and then they come back and work over the summer for summer school and uh, when they become juniors. Uh, Makes sense. Then they come back and do an internship with us. And they're ready. And then they're ready to teach. So we're doing that. We, we're looking at all kinds of ways. Uh, the, the day of going to a, a teacher job fair, uh, spring before they graduate and hire enough teachers to fill your vacancies, that, that day's gone. So we have to be very innovative in the way we uh, recruit teachers and attract teachers with having a primary focus on those folks who are looking at teaching as a second career uh, who may be in their mid forties or so. Well, that was my next question. Yeah. What about that group? You know, my father is one that, uh, you know, through, you know, greater economic forces, you know, the company he worked for moved mm -hmm. to Mexico because mm -hmm. they could find cheap labor. Right. He was in human resources. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, he was in his fifties when he ended up teaching social studies to eighth graders in right. Stevens County and realized, Hey, I might've missed my calling because mm -hmm. he loved it. It's a rewarding uh, career. And, and yeah. Uh, yeah. And those folks, they, that's, that's, that's fertile ground uh, for career change, and uh, and we found some success in that as well. We're gonna we're gonna keep going down that avenue. Excellent, excellent. I mean, I've even thought about that. I mean, I got I'm a banker, yeah, but I got a degree in English, 
And then I read right. <laughs> some of the emails I get and I'm thinking, yeah, Mike could use me at all these tests. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Hey, they could use me at the school. Right. All right. All right. But, you know, even with those challenges, Ken, it, it sounds to me, if I'm wrong, it sounds to me that you still feel, again, there's still work that needs to be done. Safe to say we that, that. Uh, but sounds like you feel pretty encouraged about, you know, what the immediate future holds for Doherty County. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about the future. I, I see uh, the results of the work that we've been doing over the last several years. Again, we were slowed by the pandemic, but we didn't stop. A lot of things that, we, that I talked about today, the planning was in place mm -hmm. and, and soft opening, so to speak. Uh, those things were going on during the pandemic. And now that we're uh, still in uh, the situation, it's not gone, but it's more of an endemic. We have to learn how to live with it and manage it. And so uh, we've done that and we are moving full steam ahead. Uh, and I'm excited about uh, the future of the Dorothy County School System. More importantly, I'm excited about the students. Uh, and their futures and the, and, uh, and the impact that we've been able to make, we're going to continue to make uh, in their lives and in turn, the impact they're going to make in Southwest Georgia. And I'm excited about it. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, um, and no regrets on, uh, on, on taking Butch up on letting him teach you how to be a superintendent. Yeah, no, no. Whatsoever. Some days I want to say something to him, you know, <laughs> we all have those days. And, uh, and I think he's up there laughing at me sometimes. And uh, I, I remember this is uh, funny when, uh, I became superintendent and he, uh, he left and, and Jack left. We, we, we met and they said, Hey, you know, we've been in this business for, together over a hundred years. So is anything you ever need to know, nothing we hadn't seen. You know, just call us. We're here for you. All right. I called him in March of 2020. Say, hey, how do I have this pandemic thing? And they were like, you on your own, buddy. Oh, Lord. <laughs> no, really, they uh, they really provide that support and encouragement. But they had not seen it before. They said, that's one thing we hadn't had to deal with. So uh, you tell us how to do it. And so, uh, but yeah, we, 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 um, we had some, we shared some great times. And, and uh, Jack and I still communicate regularly. I go down to visit him. Uh, uh, in Panama City, on Panama City Beach, where he lives, that's not a bad gig, you know. No. Uh, yeah, so I go visit him, and uh, so yeah, I really do appreciate them uh, and what they poured into me, and uh, and which in turn allows me to be able to serve in the role that I'm serving and have a greater impact on the community that I love. Well, Ken, I can't think of a better place to wrap that up than on that of you serving the community, you love, and let me just say as a you know, citizen of Albany, Doherty County, it's been it's pretty clear to me where your heart lies. Uh, and I thank you for the hard work that you've put in uh, doing something that's not often, it's not an easy thing to do and you're doing it in the public eye. So thank, thank you for you. that, Ken. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, before we wrap up, is there anything that's, you know, on your heart or on your mind that we hadn't touched on that you just feel like, hey, Brad, let, let me speak to this or anything like that or any question you got for me? Yeah, I, I think I covered just about all the highlights and uh, I was able to weave those in uh, as we talked. And uh, but anytime you want to have me or anyone from the school system talk about uh, what we're doing awesome. and uh, we'd be glad to come on and, and have a conversation with. You. Well, I'm glad to hear that because, uh, you know, I, from the time we started Beyond the Bank, one of the things we've tried to do is is highlight the, the hardworking men and women that are getting up every day and trying to go. Like you say, prepare the next generation for everybody's future. Uh, and that can't be lost. And so we want to do what we can to celebrate and support uh, those efforts. And so thank you for just making the time to come in today and let us help you. So, thank you. And hopefully we can make this a regular thing. All right. That'll work. All right. Awesome. Well, that wraps up the latest episode of Beyond the Bank. I'm Brad. Until next time. 